0: Welcome to the podcast.
1: When I got out of the Marine Corps, I was not just, you know, working with my physical disabilities, I was emotionally broken. I remember thinking, how did I get here? How? It was affecting me in my marriage. My husband, he didn't know how to help me. He actually called Wounded Warrior Project. Wounded Warrior Project had this thing called Couples Odyssey.
0: It was an eye opener, and it—I think it really saved our marriage.
1: They gave us books and resources and tools on how to help us with that. I just love him. I love you, honey. Yeah, me too.
0: Watching her fight for her mental health, fighting for other veterans, fighting for this family, uh, helped me to fight too. Well, I always loved her, but I love her ten times more for that. Not all wounds are visible. If you or a loved one are suffering, visit wounded slash not alone. Come, Come on, 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 on.
2: are what they seem to be.
1: Hello everyone, and welcome back to another Archon's Corner. Uh, today, I got myself, Dr. Sheep, and with me, I got Big Z. Hey, hey. And Ewok Jr.
3: Hello, Keyforge community.
1: And sadly, the Wookiee has real life again, so he won't be with us today, uh, but he'll be back next week, I think.
4: All right, so I think Ewok's going to start us off. Ewok, you played some uh, field online Keyforge this week. Um, and you might have sucked. So well, share with us why that might be the case.
3: Oh, I definitely I definitely had some issues this week. Uh, we were playing DT Sealed, or I was playing DT Sealed. Um, this was on our Tuesday night Chainbound. And a whole bunch of decks. Uh, DT actually did hold up for me. So I know a lot of people are kind of pushing. You'll hear a little bit competitive elements from DT later. But I definitely had one of those moments. Uh, good shout out to our good friend Cloggin. And both of us were coming in. This was round number four and both decent decks. We're both at two keys, pushing for that third key. And I look at my hand. I have a nice archive that's been set up with uh, quite a few unfathomable. And I also have star lines and logos. And at this point, Cloggin has pushed me to check. And I look at my hand and go, yes, I can take him off Check. With my Logos, I can play Edai and basically push another card into Archive, and it will be just one or two above. I can go ahead and play Star Alliance, and Volmart is going to keep me above. Or I can go ahead and play my Unfathomable. And I had... uh, It was some random... What was it? It was basically a play Capture 2. If you go ahead and turn the tide, you can play Capture 2. Yeah. And I have a big archive that is well set up with my Unfathomable. And I figure the killer punch is coming right here. I'm going to go ahead and lean in with that Unfathomable. And I pull it all back. And I start playing. And I'm literally about halfway through. And I look over and go, you've got to be kidding me. I can't raise the tide, which is the capture 2 mechanic that I needed because it's already high tide for me. So I played a sweet hand of probably a good eight, nine cards, and and walked away because I couldn't take him off of the check that he had, which was just needing to be able to raise it by one. So be aware, boys and girls, that tide, uh, you can't just go ahead and look. I mean, I did see I had options. I had options in all three houses, two yeah. of them I didn't even have to think about doing anything with the tide but i went with cards i went with that delta you know i can play more cards i can really gain the advantage here push honestly all of the other houses star alliance i could have taken them off check and gotten to check myself i could have gone ahead and with logos gone ahead and taken them off check and reaped to be able to get to check but i just went for what should have been the big play in my head and yet it ended up costing me. And uh, unfortunately, clogging was on a conference call. He bounced out the last like minutes and he wasn't even there to harass me and to say how poor of a Keyforge player I was. But there it is Keyforge community. This is why I suck at key forge this
4: week. All right. Well, we always appreciate these stories that are shared in such vein. Um, uh, what doesn't kill us makes us stronger, right? Like we just keep learning from our mistakes. Eventually, we'll stop making the mistakes, in theory. Um, that said, I know I've made some mistakes that we've talked about in the cast. Every time I, one of them catches me, and I'm like, huh, well, I guess I need to go listen to our, our own cast. Um, so, uh, to clarify, one thing you did mention, you specifically went on your way to say you were on Dark Tidings for the Sealed. I know we changed our Sealed event just a little bit, not too long ago. Does it matter what set you play now? No. And that
3: was actually the great piece. Um, I was seeing quite a bit of MM, but I played World's Collide MM. I did have one round that was a buy, um, but there was quite a bit. Dan, I don't know if you remember all the sets that were there, but I have seen across the last couple of weeks, we've had people playing Coda. We've had people playing uh, World's Collide. We've had quite a bit of MM and DT. And so to see that people are really fearful of DT and how it's interacting. But... I have actually done very, very well. And this deck was not great. It was, I want to say it was a 63 um, Sass, what was rated. But being able to see potential synergies, be able to play what my outs were. Um, DT did hold its own. And um, so I, I've been very happy with that. I've, the previous week I went, I oh, was at three, and zero. I think we played three rounds in on that one. And that was my DT. Now that was a little bit more of a hot deck that was in the 70s for the Sass. And that deck did have some spice. Um, But I have been pretty successful with DT against MM. Um, Early on, that was not the case. But I think for me, I've started to kind of figure out. But yeah, we're definitely seeing all the sets show up, which is awesome.
1: Yeah, they're Uh, in in our online play groups. uh, People who play MM get made fun of because they're sick of losing, right? Oh, you're sick of losing. So you're playing MM. But Dark Tidings is... Consistently finishing on top um, or second at worse, even when there are multiple MM decks showing up in the field. MM I mean, at the risk of
4: angering the SAS got. It could just be the SAS isn't right well, where it needs to but be yet. Right? In
1: sealed, like now you're talking about 60 mid-60s average SAS. That's true. Right. And in that realm, Dark Tidings is very consistent in delivering mid 60s SAS decks, right? So you yeah. don't get the fifties stinkers. Which is as what awesome. I was saying
4: early on about the eight, a- when people started doing the AOA comparisons, like I played a ton of AOA sealed and it is literally the only thing, only form of key forge I've ever just like straight up boycotted. Like I won't do it anymore because I got so many decks. This did nothing like they didn't do anything well or fun consecutively like I, I run in strings where like i'd get deck after deck after deck that had zero a or some other huge glaring issue um but that's i what... really haven't had that experience in dt i think like I, a lot of people are picking up that a lot of them are are missing like some c or some a to be like high level competitive but i've never ran into a deck that's like just sucked at both and i've definitely ran into that in AOA.
3: And I think I think that's the PC is that you you were noticing in AOA there were multiple decks that had literally very limited one to Mm two A and and, you know it just the amber control was not there and that really had an impact here. Yeah, DT has some issues, especially with scaling amber. You have principle, you have some control, but. Uh, overall it's not missing multiple pieces it just kind of falls this mid-tier but it doesn't end up being super competitive um but i also don't find it as bad as people are really arguing
4: it is no i don't think it is either and like like i said i've been to a vault in aoa where i got three decks and the highest a deck i had was 2.8 out of three decks (laughs) like it's it's rough like uh like dt mathematic like Mathematically there's a chance to do that in any set, but it is very hard to do that in any other set than AOA. Um just based on the numbers where the where the data is showing that the cards yeah, do so different things.
1: I have definitely found a lot of lack of C. That's where I've been like consistently in dark tidings. Mm-hmm. My C is not that there's just not enough creature control. I
4: I found it just to be polarized as far as whether it has C. It either has very lacking C or a ton of it. Like
1: it's, yeah. and I, it's, I've it's got either got like no,
4: no good board stuff or it has maelstrom GAC selective mind of matter, all of the same back. <laughs> it's like, okay. I,
3: I will say GAC has been playing quite a, it is an absolute all-star card for something yeah. that uh, it was good. I saw its potential, but man, that card time and time and time again, from dt when we're playing in abr where the, the opponent i had had two of them um and, and i was able to watch out for it but you you can only play so hard in so you know your yeah, your temperamental around much, it
4: not a lot you can do correct like red alert like you just got to play the cards correct you're either going to get gacked or not like well all right anyway we're out we're out of order some of this stuff we're going to talk about again in a second so let's let's take a moment to do some updates. Uh, Key Forge Live is rocking and rolling, but before we get into some of the updates for that, our GoFundMe has been live. We advertise it a couple places again. That's just supporting the people that are putting it on. The event's going to happen. It's going to be great no matter whether you support us or not in that endeavor financially, but if you do, it will uh, lessen the burden on, well, the three of us and and other associates quite a bit. Um, But we are going to do some shout-outs, so thank you for the public Donations presented to us by Luxury PlayStyle, uh, Draskor, and Julie July. Thank you for supporting all that we do on both this cast and for what we're going to do in KeyForge Live, which is to get people back at the table playing this game that we talk about every week, and we love to play. Uh, we truly do love the game, hence we're putting a lot of our time, resources, money, whatever we have, um, so that you all can come play KeyForge and hang out with us.
3: Yeah, I want I want to go ahead and second that and say a huge thank you, but it also helps to inspire us because we're not only putting our own money, but we're also looking at this, how can we make this extra special? How can we make it fun? Even when I met up with Wookie and Dan on Tuesday, I heard about something super cool that was, you know, kind of teased. And, you know, there was a piece that came up today as we're looking and I'm like, well, it's an extra 120 for me to be able to put this so that it's fun. All right. Yeah. You know, when you see that option, yeah, there's a price tag. I do have my wife who <laughs> was over there like <laughs> But the end result is, I, I put in there, I want this to be all my group of friends, all the people who I haven't met yet, but are still KeyForge friends. We're going to have a blast. And so we're making it special. We're making it as Vault Tour-esque as possible. But we're just having a blast and we're going ahead and putting our money. So by your donations, it does help us to go and you know feel encouraged that we're doing the right thing. We do have some really nice numbers coming out. And uh, we want to keep that going, so we appreciate all the help again from each of those individuals.
4: Uh, for sure, for sure. All right. Um. So updates. Uh, we're <laughs> as far as updates go, we have almost thirty people pre-registered. I say pre-registered. There's only one way to register right now, and that's online through our web portal. Um. So. There are 30 people that have already registered, and I think it's only really been up for a little bit around two weeks, depending on when this comes, maybe a little bit more than two weeks, um, based on when you're listening. Um, one of our biggest goals from when we first started this, we knew it wasn't going to be expensive. We, we already had secured a venue. We'd already made plans to do this, um, and we were talked about goal numbers a long time ago. And, and our biggest thing was to make sure that we hit a certain number. What number were we talking about, guys?
1: 2,000. <laughs> yes well, we do have Biggest a cap of two card events
3: <laughs> no we do have a cap of 250 at the event so again that is our dream but no our, our goal was 50 and to see 30 pre-registered in roughly two weeks guys that is mm. awesome and i know people keep like even though our numbers are still at that 30 mark we have people who have reached out like hey we're taking this amount from our crew we're taking this yeah. amount from our crew so we want to continue to encourage you
4: yet so yep. For us to get as accurate the account as we can quickly, we're going to kind of do a, we're doing a little promo. We posted this on Facebook um, this morning, I think. Uh, this is Thursday morning. Um, so to try to get our goal of 50 by July 4th, which would be a lot of people pre-registered. We know people are going to show up and pay the day of. And that's great too. Um, we're going to give <laughs> uh, everyone that registers uh between now and July fourth, I think it's somewhere around noon on July Registered 4th. Registered
1: by July 4th?
4: Registered by July 4th. Um, a chance to win something pretty cool. Uh at least I think it's gonna be really cool. We we are making uh several tapestry banner type things that will be hung at the event. Um that'll they'll say Keyforge Live. Um it'll be orange along with our Keyforge official logo and the Archon head looking thing. Um, which I think is pretty neat, uh, especially once you look at it, it looks like kind of trippy, the Shattered Ones, there's an image of that up on Facebook. Um, so anyone that reg- that is already registered and registers between now and July 4th will be entered in a raffle drawing uh, to take that home with them when they leave uh, the event, uh, once we're all wrapped up and done. Uh, so you get a chance to win that if you are one of the people that is already registered or registers between now and July 4th. I think that's all of that promo thing. So it should be a little fun thing to keep. Um, What do you think of that, Dan? Would you want to win a gigantic or 50 by 60 inch Key Live tapestry?
1: I want one so bad. I'm just buying one for myself.
4: (laughs) This is true. I also want one so bad. I am buying one directly since it's our thing. And I would like a memento of what we did this summer. Um,
3: They are. They are super cool, guys. I mean, there's no question about it. And that's why we're throwing it up as a little incentive. So come join us and uh, have some fun.
4: Um, And then I think we might have some kind of stream or video to share of what that drawing looks like that comes out either on the 4th or shortly after. So look for that. to Go up somewhere on the eForge webs uh, around or shortly after July 4th.
1: I'm also Um, planning that when my wife finds how much I spent on this, I might be living <laughs> under it. As
4: I told my wife as we went, like my father's day present this year, along with my birthday present, which is in September is simply going to be for her to do her best to ignore all of the mini transactions that are flying out of her account this summer. <laughs> and just say, this is, this is, uh, this is my new summer job. It makes negative dollars per hour. Um, it's great. <laughs> it's, Anyway, final, all right, uh, KFPL updates. Switching to that before we get into our, um, our competitive Dark Tidings piece today. Um, the final Season 3 qualifier for the KFPL is this Sunday. It is short adaptive, 12 p.m. Eastern Time over there on the KFPL servers. So if you have not yet claimed your spot, head over there, get signed up, play some short adaptive keyforge. It's best of one, six-round Swiss. Um, and 4-2 uh, or better makes it, so there's no top cut, oh no, 5-1 uh, or better makes it, definitely not 4-2 5-1 or better makes it so no top cut or anything like that, just 6 rounds nice and short and quick Um, and then we will be finalizing our 64 person season 3 5 deck survival season Uh, for the KFPL Dan's already in it, Ewok you gonna play in that?
3: Uh, unfortunately I cannot, I have multiple events. I, I was helping someone else on our team, um, who's looking at decks. I love short adaptive, but I have, I think there were three different events. So what people don't know is that my daughter just turned six yesterday. So happy birthday, Emery, big shout out to you. And we had a little gathering with one young lady who couldn't make the party, but Saturday is the party. And then Sunday is with my parents. And so it's just that time of year where I have church parents there's a couple other things in real life so i'm going to be shouting on all of the ac team and anyone else who's playing so have a blast but i i unfortunately cannot play myself
4: yeah there's oddly the single like i i, I you can sort of like know where you're at the different side of people, right as far as how you are competitively short adaptive is by far the thing that i am the worst at like i am real bad at that um just am so it is what it is All right, DT, competitive elements. So we're talking about Dark Tidings and what is competitive about it, how it stands, where it's at. So that's that's where we're at. So um, we've already talked in depth about how we feel about Dark Tidings as far as uh, compared to other sets. We even mentioned it again today. Um, So let's talk about what is competitive and what that's standing up to and what's not. So... Dan, what have you uh, you mentioned there are some pretty good things going on in the sealed events so you've got to see a lot of this. What are you finding is is kind of working for dark tidings for
1: you? What I see is working best in dark tidings for me is the amber burst like i don't I don't think mm-hmm. there is another set that has as often consistent amber burst that I feel like I'm seeing in dark tidings and that that probably comes from the amount of cross house cheating where you're getting value from mm-hmm. Everything all the time, but there are a lot of games where I'm at twelve to fifteen amber by you know mid turn games like turn six, turn seven, and mm-hmm. I'm just bursting way out and because it's dark tidings, you don't worry that much about it, yeah, although on this last sealed event, half the field had uh doorstep to heavens and made me feel uh, real sad, yeah.
4: Which I'm glad you brought up the burstiness of it because, like, initially, when we saw the set, we were talking about those set uh, analytics. We all saw that there's so much there's a bunch of pips and bursts and recursion in Untamed, and we're like, wow, this is a super bursty house. But now that we've played it more, I think um, Sanctum is just as bursty with the strange order of nations, the uh, just the different ways you can trigger. the guy that reaps for armor, a Urian and Larry the Lake. Uh then I think what there's free markets and cleansing wave too. Yep. Wanna say that both of those are in there? Like I, I feel like there's a lot oh, there's also that new rare that I've never pulled in any deck, the one that gets uh more amber for neighbors down the line and it keeps going.
1: Yeah.
4: Like that's Demonic Ritual. That's three different bursty cards four different bursty cards. One requires a combo that has to be on the board, but that is a lot of amber generation, and it's from Sanctum, which also has a lot of control. And then the third one that we didn't really um, see when we were doing the analytics, but now that I've played it a lot, I 100% agree with what Dan just said. He's talking about a lot of house cheating. Specifically, that is there's some from the phase shift and the, theory or conjecture with Logos, but most of that's going to come out of your... Uh, star alliance like your star alliance mm-hmm. the fact that you can land a diplomat that you can use unit unity or discord to play multiple your creatures multiple times you can play the guy the the basically the ghost hog guy cr officer hawkins being able to land him twice for four in the same turn is really easy in a lot of decks when Unity you need to your discord and if you have a upgrade to go on top of them as you're doing that that's six amber like Star Alliance, Untamed, and Sanctum all burst amber really, really fast. Um,
1: yeah, you so, throw yeah. the Triska in there too. Like I,
4: yeah, yeah, I forgot so, about Triska. Like Tr- so many Trisca. dollars out of Triska. Yeah, like Triska plus diplomat, Triska plus taper. There's so many things that are happening that are on the burst level, and like there's more things we can talk about combo driven with the with the Triska. But like that's all equating to, to, to your 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 space dollar phrase. Um, and that's outside of Logos, which still has the phase shift, the theory conjecture, or the think, think twice. It can do all that, too. I don't see Logos bursting quite as hard as often as the other three, unless it has Rooftop. Decks that have Logos with Rooftop also burst out of nowhere, because they also have those action cards I just named, plus all their scientists come in reaping, which gets a little bit absurd.
1: Yeah, so I feel like Logos... On our big, we were really hoping for some crazy logos and I haven't haven't felt it. It's been okay. You know, I've like
4: there's decks that are almost there. Right. But they they just didn't get there.
1: There's still yep. some really good triple Eddie logos lines out there that do really good yep. things. Mm-hmm. Um but our our dream, I'm gonna just data forge three times and close this game out on turn three hasn't hasn't been found.
4: I I have a deck that's close, but again, like it's one of those decks that does have the the sea hole. It doesn't have like enough creature control. If my opponent just runs away with the game on the board, I can't stop it. It does have a win con of data forging three times, and I have done it. Um, it's not all in the same turn though. Like it's uh data. I can fire data forge. I can forgive the data forge. and the next turn, I can fire data forge, and I can think twice the data forge. So it takes setup. It's super telegraphed, um, but the deck doesn't really have enough C to do that against top tier MM board decks or whatever. And if they have design, I'm just host GG. Good game, shake <laughs> hands, walk away. <laughs> like it's just over. <laughs> um, so like that's that's what I've experienced as far as some of that combo stuff. But like I think the speed uh, of the amber speed, not the actual tempo speed, is is really good. And that's one of the things that um, which we mentioned yesterday, that makes it in my mind. I, I, I love playing Dark Titans versus Dark Titans, whether it's Sealed or Archon, actually, because I've been to a few of those now. Um, I think it's a lot of fun. I did not think that was fun. Even today, when, when there are great AOA decks out there, they're really fun ones. There are also some very, very miserable AOA decks out there that are really good. Um, <laughs> when I go to an AOA versus AOA event or, week of a of a league we know we're gonna see Jinka. we know we're gonna see brig drum or not and heart um like that's it that's that's really it maybe like some ronnie recursion um dan has a great deck that doesn't a- use any of those like janky elements but but he also has two decks that do <laughs> so i don't know all right
3: well, I want to kind of bump in because there's one other piece that I think hasn't been talked about in regards to speed. When we're looking at MM decks, I think that one of the pieces that's extremely important is you're actually looking at the Tide mechanic. So manipul- the number of cards that manipulate Tide versus mm-hmm. the number of cards that use Tide. And there are a number of cards um, that... A number of decks, I should say, that has a lot of uses Tide effects, but has very, very, very little manipulates Tide. Yep. And so if that happens and you have a low speed, that deck, in my opinion, is really t- Correct. Yeah. And that deck most of the time is completely overrated. So the idea of actually having a close manipulates, de- uh, manipulates Tide to uses Tide is extremely important. And yeah. um, there's also a lot of cards that you gain benefit when you have the tide so really good solid players online are actually now figuring out hey i don't need to take this tide especially offset every time i'm not taking the chains for it Mm -hmm. i'm going to look and see what is going to absolutely brutalize me and at that point that's when i take it and there are key cards that definitely have an impact um I I have seen quite a few kind of changes in that regard, but I wanted to put it out because I think a lot of people are necessarily missing like, Oh, I look and I I go, honestly, I find that anything kind of under nine for speed, for efficiency um, has had a very, very different impact versus what's above nine. And I don't know why that seems to be my threshold and just the DT decks that I have, but there is a night and day difference of these decks just don't move
4: on. That is, isn't that true for, off DT as well like I I used to be known as like an efficiency snob or not or whatnot but the more we've played recent sets that are so much faster who also have like purge mechanics like furnace and clone that like are punishing your opponent's deck to the point where even if they're fast and they cycle like you're cycling and hurting your opponent's deck like I've found it much much harder in the current meta than I used to to play low at low efficiency decks. Like if it's not, if your deck isn't turning, if you're playing fewer cards than your opponent, because the cards specifically in MM is what I'm talking about are so much better on play value. Efficiency is seemingly wrecking people quite a bit more. And there are fantastic decks in worlds collide like that too. Um, especially if you're talking about some of the Star Alliance decks out there where everything, every creature has a play effect too. Um, I think that, like, that was always my slant, my my style. I think that style is definitely more dominant in the meta than it used to be.
1: I feel like from last season's (laughs) KFPL, I ran into quite a few no-efficiency Coda things, and they were super scary because... Every card was so much value, because, you know, like, nobody was playing a low-sass stack, but, you know, like, they can just chunk themselves, because the, you know, efficiency fixes bad draw, right? That's what, you know, efficiency really does, is it smooths out chunky draws, but those no-efficiency decks, man, if they draw okay, it's just brutally bad.
4: Yeah. That yeah, the heart brutal I like, mean brutally good or hard to, hard to beat them. And that that's true for sure. Like my son owns a deck that has like three deaths, Pixies, Nature's Call, Choda, Regrowth, Two Controllable Weeks. Like it's it's got all these great cards, but it's like a negative one F deck. It's like literally if I draw this in this order I win the game pretty much versus anybody. But if I draw this in this order I lose the game pretty much against anybody.
1: Like it's, yeah, and then you're just kind of flipping a coin and it's not even a 50-50 coin, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. So it's it's interesting that that's, that's always going to be a thing, um, which we might talk about that in Survival next week. So I think there is a place for those high roll, low roll decks, um, and we'll see where I think that could be. Um, but anyway, back to Dark Tiding. So Ewok was talking about speed. I 100% agree. I think if it's low speed, you're going to feel it a little bit more in DT because you're going to... Even in decks that have time manipulators that are a good ratio, you're still gonna have times where you take the chains. Yep. Um if you have no efficiency, the chains hurt worse. Um it just they just do. Especially in a set that does not have daughter or mother. Um if you have Zen Z, like that's huge, but you probably already have decent speed just by having that card. Um but not being able to increase your own draw is is significant. Um, to the chain ratio to hand size. Um, Things that I love competitively about Dark Titans, I think Dark Titans has the best creature control card in this game. And we mentioned it earlier. Grand Alliance Council from Star Alliance. Especially if you have the Diplomat combo, which can turn your creature into a house that you don't even have. Um, This is a game-winning card quite often and that is not meta specific except for maybe not against Coda. Coda probably doesn't care if you kill their creatures most of the time um, but in the current meta what we're seeing is a lot of boards, a lot of boards that matter, a lot of boards that hold Amber, a lot of boards that hold the wincon um, being able to kill all of your creatures uh, on the opposing side with one card that does not give you chains is gigantic and there's a lot of decks that have two of those. I see them paired up quite often. And when I see it, I was like, heck yeah, this is the deck to play. Or if it's on the other side, it's like, okay, my board being jacked. They're dead. Like, it's just going to die. <laughs> like, you're not, it's not red alert. It's very hard to play around it. You kind of got to play the creatures um, most of the time. like other. I don't know. Thoughts on uh, other very competitive elements inside our tidings?
1: Guys, have been having success with the reoccurring a, the reusable like mm-hmm. reusable amber control of this in shadows. Like a lot of the creatures are reusable amber control, and again paired up with star lines where you don't have to be on shadows to use them uh-huh. makes it very good. Now, just shadows on their own, it's just like having dodgers back in the day. You get back, you get stuck in this dodger loop towards the end of the game where, or yeah, where you can only steal yeah. one. But it's the only way you can keep them off, and you're not pushing yourself far enough ahead to win the game. Yep. Uh, but with this set, with house cheating, you got to have the house cheating. Um,
4: yeah, Star and, Alliance is pretty significant here.
1: Yeah, the the shadows cards are really good. Like we you know, we looked at Hobnobber and went, "Yeah, we'll have to see." Like Hobnobber on the board is a major threat.
4: Yeah. Like uh, when he's talking about reusable, we're not gonna go through exactly what they all do, but he's talking about. Hobnobber. He's talking about freebooter Fay. He's talking about um, the guy that takes damage. Uh, what's his name? Hart Simpson. Hart Simpson. Um, in, in the end, I found Hart Simpson to be way better than we thought he was going to be in most games. Even games where you think he might not be a play, I've rarely seen the person that played him be the one that gets the disadvantage of it. Because, again, even, especially if you're playing an Offset, where we were thinking that he would be the worst,
0: Peacock fuels your true crime obsession with exclusive new originals like John Wayne Gacy, Devil in Disguise. He said to me, Clowns can get away with murder. Dr. Death, the undoctored story. This guy's dangerous. And Epstein's shadow, Elaine Maxwell. She inherited Jeffrey Epstein's secrets. There was this whole other world going on. Plus the most bingeable crime series, buried in the backyard and snapped. And with the Dateline 24-7 channel that's always on. Did you want her dead? You can't not obsess. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com.
4: It's never been easier to
5: get outside with Academy Sports and Outdoors. Stop by your local Academy store on Scenic Highway at Janmar Road in Snellville. Or visit us online at academy.com and find
0: everything you need for grilling, camping, biking, backyard fun, and more. Shop top brands like Pitbull, Schwinn, Flask, Pelican, and the new Magellan Outdoors Pro. All at prices you'll love. With in-store and curbside pickup available now. And with Academy's wide selection of great gear, get ready to
5: have
6: fun out there with the whole family.
4: Like, they have to take chains to do it, and they probably don't want to do that. Um, so, yeah, like, or I think... people
1: are trapping themselves because they're taking three chains to get that one steal off of the right. hard Simpson when they damage them, and you're like, okay.
3: Yeah. yeah, That's a good trade, honestly. When we're looking at um what you're gaining out of it, one amber or one steal, in my opinion, for three chains is not a good investment. And I still see a lot of people going too high in order to take the,
4: yep. they're overvaluing. Yes. Taking the tie. Yep. And yeah, people are getting burned by it. Uh, I've definitely seen it in games that I've played, uh, games that I've watched. Um, so I think that's pretty neat, uh, as far as the dark, uh, the, the shadows, reusable steel.
3: Um, so I want to go back to Star Alliance for a second. I think that the important piece for Star Alliance that I've seen is Star Alliance needs to have a board with other things. If you just put Star Alliance out because it comes early, um, you're not really helping yourself in DT. Um, having other houses where you can go ahead and house cheat, you're able to use other things is extremely important. So not necessarily killing the whole board for a DT and and Star Alliance, but actually making sure that your other houses are taken care of. um, That really, really diminishes the value that I'm seeing from Star Alliance. So that was a big piece. I also think little things like upgrades for Way of the Pixie for Untamed. um, I, I think that it actually gets around quite a bit of Infernus that I'm gaining um, quite mm-hmm. a bit from it and because I can put it on a creature that's already out that frankly you didn't think twice about like oh I played Mollyhawk a couple turns ago and you've just kept it there it did its work now all of a sudden it gains an amber plus an extra amber and that becomes something that Infernus isn't just going to chew up and spit back out uh, that has played an impact when we're talking about that burst um, some of these lower A decks I- I've seen actually just going ahead their amber they can actually increase it by quite a bit by having these huge burst turns. Um, that's important for me to be able to see.
4: Yeah. Um, so, so far, competitiveness is Amber Rush from multiple houses, um, being able to reuse it, the it steel It does stuff
1: seem to jack. lack the key cheats to really make the Amber Rush yeah. sell, right? Like, it's it's hard, you know, like, especially Offset, Uh, that Amber Burst starts to scare me a little more, where the big scaling Amber is a little more present?
3: Well, correct, because what we're really looking at, I jumped over to Untamed, but Untamed, I'm looking at Chelonia. Okay, Chelonia is there. We can have the creatures to be able to utilize it and to have that burst. There's your Hunting Witch. Um, Interestingly enough, I have not seen a lot of um, multiple Chelonia decks, where all of a sudden you're having three Chelonia... I, that's just not what i have been running into and so that's interesting is that common um but you don't have a way you, you really have to have key frog and then you have to have bang to to kill it you can have some infighting i mean there there's some hard things when it's not
4: or um waste not right
1: yeah
3: correct but those those aren't you're looking at multiple card combos versus hey, I just played Chota, or I just played Key Charge. It was just so easy, and DT does not have that piece in order to Amber Burst and then take it. And so, yes, yeah, scaling Amber, I think against it, is extremely important.
4: Mm-hmm. So, so that is the, one of the big is vulnerabilities. There, is there that It is vulnerable to big big any, Amber.
1: Any artifacts in this set that are as game-deciding as there have been in previous sets?
4: I've seen one person so far, and I think they're on our team that has fielded a very strong uh, cease forge deck. That if at some point in the game he'll be able to land cease forge, and most likely he will win from hand on his turn with a key frog. Um, if you don't understand what's going on and/or are able to address that situation very quickly. Okay. Um. That's, but that, but again, like he does have a lot of archiving in that deck. So normally, if he gets early, he could just stash it. Um. So, but that's not nearly on the level of like at a Quixel Stone or Jar or whatever, right?
1: Right. Well, I was going to say, what are the other two artifacts that I think the the oofbrecht device, Umbrecht? Like yeah. yeah.
4: Yep. You can't can't call the house thing.
1: That, that can, can wreck. make a real big impact, especially playing against MM and Worlds Glide, where they actually want to often build a, a board and use it.
4: Yeah, and just call the same house over and over again. I, yeah.
1: I know I've seen some decks do decent things with that, but I don't know if it's really been an archetype yet.
4: Yeah, I've I've seen it played, I've seen it do some effects, but I've not seen it matter enough to call it a game-like clinching type of thing that I would want to aggressively address or hold a poltergeist for even. Um, Yeah, I can't really. I mean, there are some strange things out there. I think there's some cards that are really good offset, I guess. Um, The uh, what's it called? Dry the
3: river. Dry the river is there. I mean, honestly, the artifact that's popping in my mind is rooftop rooftop, especially letting you forge like then to be able to come back and take that away that mm-hmm. has had an impact in a number of the games that I've seen. And um, while it's not completely viable in every single deck, there is a pretty high percentage that I've seen where they're just able to pull it off. And
4: just losing a key is huge. There's no question about it. I did pull off the... It's so many cards, and it's a crazy combo. But I did pull off a the Dr. Rockter. Reckless Experiment, Sweven, and Unity or Discord combo in live play uh, last week. Um, that is borderline uh, pretty much uh, Library Access style pain as far as watching the opponent player because that turn takes a long time. Um, you're active the entire time, but what you're basically doing is you're playing Rockter, playing the special upgrade on it, you're playing Pi Swevin, uh, you're reaping with Pi, you're drawing three cards, you're reaping with Rockter, you're putting Unity or Discord on top of your deck, then you're playing Unity or Discord to put Sweven and Dr. Rockter and the upgrade back in your hand, and since play reap is two things, you can do that three more times, and then the last thing you play is just not Unity or Discord, some other action. Um, so you end up Reaping for six, getting three pips off the upgrade, um, drawing nine cards and playing some other action from your discard pile. Uh, so that's pretty dang good, and that's in a lot. There are a lot of decks that have that.
1: Unity and Discord is just a very, very good (laughs) card.
4: That's that's exactly what I did. I, I, I 100% abuse Unity or Discord, um, and even if I didn't have the Pice Weapon, it's still six amber and at the very end you use a different action, just not Unity or Discord. So if, even without Pice Weaven, it's it's a combo that exists in a lot of decks. Basically any ground breaking discovery deck that has unity or discord can have a six amber from hand combo at some point in the game. That they if 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 you hold it or archive the pieces for it, they will not be able to stop you doing that. And if you happen to have Vice Weapon 2, that's some pretty busted stuff, because nine cards, nine amber, and another action is pretty, pretty extreme.
1: Okay, so we've kind of hit where most houses can make part of your good competitive deck. We haven't really said anything about Unfathomable. Right, like the new house, and we've not once said this and Unfathomable is making a competitive deck. This is where I was looking. I have
3: seen competitive uh, Unfathomable, but they are very, very rare in my opinion. And it is a a control piece. It is a heavy, heavy control piece. And you got to picture Unfathomable has two different outlets that they're really trying to go for. And so if you have a split on those cards, you're just not playing competitive. However, if you do have it, it can shut down the game. It really can.
4: Yeah, I guess I I, I do agree. Like, if you have the like the maelstroms plus the brain drains plus the bubbles, um, that kind of stuff, like that, I think is way more competitive than the other slant, which can win you some games against some of the super board decks. The other slant is, I'm going to tap down everything you have. I'm going to keep it tapped. Occasionally I'm going to kill everything that's tapped. Um, and you're never going to get to use creatures, which there are some that out that out that. but we've talked about it a couple times. You are just mentioned it. Most decks are just a hodgepodge mi- mix of these two things. Um, and they aren't synergistic with each other at all, especially when it comes to I'm going to exhaust all your stuff, then I'm going to bubbles one of them like that. That's doesn't one of those two things didn't matter at all. Like, it's they don't play nice.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, like the only place I've seen them doing much is when they're brain draining kind of at closeout, right? Uh Yeah. You know, like it's your, yeah. it's your lock up a key house.
4: I mean, the big two to me is brain brain drain and maelstrom are really dang good. At some point in time, if you play a deck with either of those two cards in the deck, one, at some point those two one of those two cards is going to win you a game. Like, period. If you play enough, you'll be able to set it up and make it happen. You'll be able to take off the amber control with Brain Drain. They'll have eight big creatures on their board that literally have no A on them. You'll Maelstrom, and you have three turns where you can forge whatever the heck you want. Um, That's going to happen, and those cards are great. It's just, can the rest of your deck either play the good cards from out of house, which is very, very possible, or are there enough other mediocre to at least decent cards with the brain drains and the maelstroms to make up for you having to call it that house? Um, and a lot of the times the answer is no. So but the there other are, piece... Are some yeah. that are, yes. So the, the other
3: piece, you were talking artifacts earlier, Whirlpool does stand out as an artifact that makes you think differently. When we first saw Curiosaurus... Makes you think different. When we first, you know, went ahead and saw Quicksilver, it makes you think and play different. Uh, Whirlpool is one of those where you have to be aware of the game and kind of the what the deck can do. If it can capture onto a creature that is frankly low and then coming over to you, that yeah. is brutal, absolutely brutal. But um, unfathomable is going in multiple directions, and that's where I have a little bit of an issue yeah. with it right now.
4: I have. A- I, I, I- I will admit that I like because basically with like Quixel, Heart of the Forest, Curiosaurus, like there's a stage of the game when you're trying to process it, where your brain just hurts and then eventually you move on to like, I got this. I'm currently in my brain hurt stage of Whirlpoolness. <laughs> like,
1: I've I'm on the other end. I now my experience with Whirlpool, I think it's a bad card and you generally don't want to play it. Unless, I mean, if you're playing against a Coda deck or something where, you know, they have no capture, but it is just this stupid card that lets them capture all your amber on one creature and then hand it over every turn. And, you know, I guess there's just so much MM and uh, even Worlds Clyde out there that does that kind of thing that captures a ton of amber.
4: Yeah, yeah, which would I think we'd kind of mentioned when we first looked at the card is there's just yeah. there are really good capture lines in Dark Tidings, but I think there are also like Sorian Worlds Collide captures better than any house in any set, period. So
1: if you run into any of those Saurian decks, that's rough. I don't know. I think MM can stack up amber faster than Real,
4: I mean, I guess Anthony, yeah, Anthony would be pretty funny.
1: Well, just Spoils and Exalt takes a lot yeah, of Yeah, I mean, but you way. can Tribute,
4: Exalt, also in World's Spoiler. Well, like, anyways, like, there's be, plenty
1: right. of it between both of those sets. It doesn't yeah. really matter which one is better, right? But they can both yeah. just generate a ton of amber on their own creatures and then hand it over. Uh, so, I, yeah, I don't know about Whirlpool. That one's not well, but I think
4: I, I think there's definitely going to be legitimate whirlpool decks where if you can't answer whirlpool it will be a problem because i've even seen i don't know how how many there are but i have seen someone that was playing a fangtooth whirlpool deck and that was pretty hard to deal with
1: so i uh i did play a whirlpool evil twin deck and i had the evil coup. so i got to hand it over to my opponent and then (laughs) they, they can only play one of each type and my argument that evil cult's effect is worth it totally stands because he beat me with my own evil cult because he basically <laughs> used it discarded his hand and kicked my everything off the board right it's yeah. that effect is worth it that effect can be worth
4: I, it I was Game on this state side where, like I think it could be valuable because that is a lot of see and like <laughs> playing
1: one of each type of card isn't that penalizing like how often are you i mean like if your deck isn't a high f deck how often are you really go and i got two creatures two two and two you're like you know you're one one and one and you discard your extra creature maybe like i don't know i think it's well
4: evil cop is a little different it's you can only play oh well no you're right one of it's yeah, so, side.
3: yeah so evil so cop, cop is you cannot bad yeah, you can not play more than one card of each type each turn. Fight, reap, discard any number of cards from your hand. For each card discarded this way, deal two to an enemy creature.
1: Yeah. Like I think he's pretty good. Uh, anyways, there's that. And then we, we haven't touched on Saurians in Dark Tidings. Well cool.
4: Well, we're talking about competitive, right?
1: Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I got crushed by Zorian. In Dark Tidings the other day, playing Uh, against Dark Tidings. And it's because he dropped four or five creatures that were all five plus power. And like I said, like this set can have no C. And that's what I had. And I'm just like, all my creatures are smaller than your seven, two, seven power, two armor guys. Kick my
4: butt. 12 dudes. Um, I'll give a little love to you, Sorian. Uh, I have done very well with Dark Tidings sealed Sorian lines. Because, again, if you're playing Dark Tidings Sealed, a lot of the decks just don't have the C. They'll have a lot of A and no C. Or they will have C, but either... Uh, they're a little A, but either way. Um, I, I've, I've play, done competitively with Sorian inside Dark Tidings Sealed. But if you go outside of a Sealed environment where it's Dark Tidings versus Dark Tidings Archon, um, I, I don't think they're good enough they- there. I think you'll, you'll see the decks that have Grand Alliance Council, and they'll just go away. So um,
1: having played yeah. it, do they not feel a lot like what Sanctum was in Coda?
4: I know I originally compared them to like the Broadnor Worlds Collide. They are definitely not as bad as yeah, that.
1: They're not that bad. I think they're no. I think they're much more in line with Sanctum and Coda, where like they I can, I build can build can a big that. board they, they and they
4: yeah, they have options. They actually do have a decent key cheat in a lot of decks because um yep. Imperial Forge, Imperial Forge is there. Really dang easy to fire in this set. Because spoils of battle, medicus, city state, like uh reach advantage, you capture a ton real fast in huge chunks. Um see, anyway. I think
3: I think that was the piece. Reach advantage comes in multiples that I've seen, yeah. and with that and bury the riches, you can really get some value out of it. Um if you have spoils, reach advantage, um, there there are some decks that are there i think medicus lacus is just honestly too easy that i'm going to take the three chains in order to make sure that you don't forge um so yeah, that really does oh, hurt that is
1: on par with buoy, where yeah. offset you're just taking chains to keep me from using this amber like it's it's still a good a good card like i yeah. in some ways
4: offset medic uh Mechabuie and medicus are real good
1: yeah I don't think after playing, I'm actually that much of a fan of hydro cataloger offset. It gives too much value to taking the thing and onset yeah. again. Like you're just, I, I don't feel like I get more value than my opponent does out of it. Anymore. I'm
4: fine with it. Offset. I think hydro cataloger is unless you know, you have them like manipulation advantage, like by a significant number. Um, i see more issues with hydro cataloger. Played inset DT versus DT than offset. Um, that said, Catalogger is a really good piece if you do have a good Data Forge deck. Um, there are good ones out there. There's just no bonkers OTK ones that are super good that we were talking about. But there are several decks that can fire Data Forge um way more in comparison to the previous sets for data for i
1: think so the coliseum is a better cheat in this set than it yeah. has been mostly because your dinos suck at doing anything else but they're okay so at fight fighting. Kill,
4: yeah yeah so
1: the other piece that's been
3: really odd for me is in star alliance that static collection array um i've played offset and i've had more and more people that as i they get they'll actually use it to keep you off of key
4: I, um, I've done a lot of thinking about static collection array because we kinda like Mecha Booey, we thought it was a good offset. But but because of stuff like Doorstep, Bring Low, mm-hmm. TMTP, like and even uh Graft, they can let you forge at five and take more. Like Static Collection Array is just a bad card. <laughs> it's, it's not good. It's it's it, there's a lot of the good decks out there will love it if they can make your Amber cost seven at any point in time. Uh, offset. I was trying and, to decide and... if
1: two of them makes it better or worse. But based off of what you were saying, probably no, worse.
4: E- even worse. Even worse. Because what? You're more vulnerable to graft. You're more vulnerable the other way. The way that they actually control to TMTP yep. and stuff like that. Like it's there are too many cards that already punish you from going high. From very. Oh, baits, which sucks now. But um But from the very beginning of a that scales to the very end, it is worse for you to play that collection array most of the time against very good decks.
1: But it has uh, an amber pip on it.
4: I well, know that's why
1: we know that I'm we play our amber pip it
4: away under like that speed digital thing. Like yep. in modern play, it's probably something you should be discarding unless you know exactly what you're doing with it. Uh, uh, one of the people in the KFPL had a Speed Sigil deck that he played it to Greatest deck versus Worlds Collide and MM, but he had a game plan. He knew exactly what that game plan was, and it won games for him. A lot of people that are playing Speed Sigil at random and whatever deck they're in don't have anywhere nearly as thought out as a plan for all the things he would do with Speed Sigil in every house. <laughs> like... They just and, want extra reap value, and they don't understand that their reap value does not equate to a star alliance creature getting a play action and a reap action trigger in twice in the same turn.
3: I, I also think that when we're looking at Sarian, um, I don't place it as Coda Sanctum. I actually place it as a step below, but I do place it above Worlds Collide Brobner. I know that was earlier. Um, just I just don't it, see it's the
1: got that same kind of play feel to it, where you just play a bunch of big three stars. Who don't yeah, do much. I, I think but they my don't original have the analogy
4: armor. probably stands for me. I I put them with Brodnar Coda. Like bro, it could okay. be really good Damn. if you got all the play effect creatures with okay. War Drummer. Or it could be really good if you got like Crump, Gauntlet, uh, Headhunter, Fire Spitter, and all the relentless of soft stuff. Like if if all of Brodnar was doing the same goal, Brodnar was really hard to deal with. But again, most of the time, you got a few of the play effects, got a few of the fighters, maybe not enough fight triggers from hand, and it did random stuff.
1: I've Sorry. definitely ensealed yeah. that one dino who, when he plays, he lets you exalt and reap with a non-Saurian creature.
4: Oh, yeah. Ooh. Yep. Magistrate yeah. or whatever it is. That yep. is um, some
1: Magistrate- real good Eita. Real good house cheating there, too.
4: Real good. Yeah, yeah. No, I really love that card. I also like the... Um, Felix, the one that just exalts opponent stuff like that's actually a pretty good dino because he
1: does it on fight, yeah, too. I know you, you, you didn't them. Well, uh, l- l-
3: let me let me put this in. Magistrate Vita is five power Saurian. Play Reap. You may exalt a friendly non-sanctum creature if you don't yep. reap with it. So that was what uh, sheep you were
0: talking yeah, about. That's another
1: one where like Star Alliance, you get him early and yep. you like want to play your off house first because you're like, I want to use him when I play him.
0: Yep. What
4: was the other one that you guys were talking about? Uh, Felix, yeah. Philo, um... oh, Philo, is it Philo? It's
2: it's Philo, yeah. Philo,
3: Philo. All right, uh, Physicist uh, Felix, is that it? Where play yeah.
4: fights if the tide is high, you may exalt a creature. Mm-hmm. I love it because it's also play fights a five power dude like. Basically, he's re- he is in a way reaping on both effects. It's almost like a better headhunter type thing, because the exalt is happening as long as you have stuff to kill. Um, I've had, again, in sealed Dark Titans play, Magistrate, uh, the Felix, the one you just talked about, have done very good for me, especially since crushing charge is in set, and most of the time that kills the entire opposing board. If they're Logos, Star Alliance, or Shadows, like killing everything for a blow does almost nothing to any Saurian creature, um, but kills almost all of Logo, Star Alliance, and Shadows.
1: The set could have really used Axiom.
4: It could have, but again, they'd already uh I guess I mean we, we've still got Gateway. Uh, yeah, and, I and, it, yeah, I think that it I think
3: I think the Saurian lineup needed to have something else to do with the Amber. I just still feel oh, that yeah. it's an Amber battery. Okay, yeah. fine. I can go ahead and I can use it for bury the riches. I can use it for Imperial Forge. But for the most part, man, I, I have a really nice fun deck with uh, my Sanctum and uh, sorry, with my Saurian. And when you don't have your bury the riches, you're just sitting there like, "Yep, take all my losing, Amber back."
4: Losing Scootum and Ludo. Uh, and Ideal, all three yep. things being lost uh, in the set transition was a pretty big blow to the story Like, if, if almost any of those had stayed, it would be a slightly different conversation and if all three had stayed, I mean, I think the Saurian would be just as good as it was in MM, still worse than Worlds Collide, but just as good. But they're gone, so we feel that. We feel it immediately. Even it's not like...
1: Even could
4: have fixed it. Yeah, even Curiosaurus w- would have helped some. Yeah, like all of... I'm curious, like, that's four cards that we could name it. Or even, like, Ancient Powered Imperium. Bring Imperium back or keep Ancient Power. Like Those are significant. Even if the Amber isn't protected, at least it is harder to deal with your board because it's not there. So... All right. Uh, I think that's what's uh, competitive in Dark Titans. Are we saying Dark Titans is hugely competitive against the most competitive decks right now? No, No. But I will tell you... The number of decks that have been scanned in is way lower. Of course, I'm C, so I don't know the actual numbers, even though no I'm Matthew. Um uh, but anyway, <laughs> it is way lower than comparative sets that we've been talk- comparing it against. It's way lower than MM still, by drastically lower than World's Glide AOA, and is just like a spec compared to Coda as far as decks scanned. Um, as we get more decks. And in I expect to start seeing better SAS uh, ratings and metrics of some of those decks and more decks showing up and surprising some old school good decks um, and wrecking them like I think we will see some ultimate combo decks I think we will see some burst decks that we just can't stop um, because they are bursting from three different houses uh, we talked about it at the top of this this segment like i don't really like it would be hard to name a set that could super burst from three houses really easily. Like, I don't know.
3: All right. Any, that's the, I, I will say one more piece for DT. What I have seen is a very, very low creature count consistently. And so that has an impact on the game too, when you are playing. Um And so I think that's why I'm feeling some of that low C a little bit more. Some of the decks that I really enjoy they're just lacking in the sea. They're, they're lacking, and then they don't have uh, the creatures to back it up. So the combination, I, I put this in when we are looking at uh, our short adaptive. If you have very low sea and you have few creatures, it just, it, that, that creates issues, in my opinion. So kind of keep that in mind. Um, you got some powerful pieces there, but how it's used for DT, it makes you think a little bit more um on, on the other note i will say the card from earlier why i suck at Keyforge, abysmal zealots that's that's the card i'm shaking my fist at today four power uh aquan after you raise the tide capture two you can't raise the tide if it's already high my friends so after yep. your opponent raises the tide move two from abysmal zealots yes. to the common supply so it it happens but yes i do think dt is competitive i don't think it's top level competitive though
4: And I agree. at the time. I'm hoping we're going to see some stuff. Like, very early on, like, a lot of people forget what was out there what was seen at the time, but very... I I feel like around this time of AOA, we were saying the same thing. And right now, today, in the present world, I can point to, like, I think my list is now six. There are, like, six AOA decks decks in the world that can wreck tons and tons of decks. That would be very hard to... Go up against no matter what deck you have, and that's saying a lot. Like that is a significant thing to say, Um, especially since very early on we were all really low on AOA. Um, One of us, at least, still is. Uh, So I think that I I, I I think think that will. I hope it sells enough decks that get scanned in to so that we can see what it truly can be. Um, So.
3: I think that it will definitely beat the six. Um I have no issue about that. But I think that it plays differently and I think that SAS is not valuing how it plays. So you're seeing a couple different types of players kind of start to show up and play, but again, very, very mid level, not not necessarily high level, which is what some of us are looking for.
1: I, I'm so very much of the opinion that uh the play community overvalues coda and it's Oh yeah and it's competitiveness to decks opened thing. Like people think, I mean, like when you look at the number of truly really good CODA decks versus the amount that are opened. Yeah, it's very low. Good (laughs) MM to MM that is opened. Like it's clear you buy MM decks.
4: Yeah, MM is producing high quality decks, like super high quality decks at a far superior rate than CODA. And like twice or triple that compared to AOA. Um, because while I can name like six AOA, I cannot name in any kind of list. Yeah, right. We the got number the number of devastating between, MM decks out there. Yeah,
1: between me and you, uh, we have six MM decks that we think could do something.
4: Yeah, like it's the like there. Every competitive team in Keyforge has great MM decks right now. Multiple. And
3: I think oh. this is why, again, this is why cycling back all the way around that we are looking at Keyforge Live being MM. That we have two um, future topics, and one of those is MM Sealed Experience and kind of mm-hmm. what to look for. With the limited play experience, MM Sealed, uh, there's a lot that you can open that can just be an absolute banger.
4: We still have a really in-depth talk about playing against playing an Archon MM Deck Live because, guys, there's tips on there. And guess what? You don't get to know where the pip is.
1: Yeah, but that is for another time. Yes. Yeah.
4: All right. That is us. Take us out, Dan.
1: Yeah, that's it. Uh, remember, we're still playing Tuesday, Thursday, and Sunday nights over on Archon's Corner. Uh, also, Wednesday nights as well with Locar, uh through the Archon's Corner Discord. So if you're looking for other regular events, come check us out there. Sign up for Live. Come play with us at live. If you can't play with us at live, uh tell everybody you know, anyways, to come play with us at live. Let FFG know that you're interested in these kinds of events. Um, that's what we got going on.
3: Have a great week. Play Keyforge. Like Stay safe, everyone. Play Keyforge.
4: Have some fun. Come a
0: Zenni's Blox lenses help to protect the eyes by keeping harmful blue light out. Because they're virtually clear, add blocks to any Zenni frame for stylish,
7: all-day protection. Get a complete pair of prescription or non-prescription blocks glasses starting at just
1: $24. Protect your eyes now at zenni.com.
6: Please follow us on Facebook and subscribe via iTunes.
5: Uh, oh. Bum, 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 <laughs> bum, 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 Instant
7: DMCA. All <laughs> right. Good podcast, <laughs> guys. We're canceled.
6: But not canceled in like the really bad way. Just this kind of bad way. I mean, any kind of way is pretty bad. Yeah, I guess it's not good to
7: cancel. No, but someone canceled that.
6: Political podcast, but I'm pretty I know.
7: I'm not it. saying anything about politics. I don't mm, think he's ever yeah. been
6: in politics. I'm but pre- <laughs> he's never run for office. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome everyone. <laughs> welcome back to Hard Reset, a Cold North production. Just for the record, none he of did, us would he paid, vote.
5: He paid for uh Martin Luther King's PA that he uh gave this speech at the uh Washington Monument
6: or the Lincoln Memorial, I mean. None of us would vote for Bill Cosby. Let's just get that out in the open. <laughs> but
5: Bill, Sa- or Bill Chappelle. <laughs> Dave, Chappelle. <laughs> Dave Chappelle actually has a bit about that. Chris played it for Ooh. me earlier. Oh, okay. I us to, to that.
6: All right. All right. Well, I'm your host, Patrick the Law Morris. Joining me this week, we have gorgeous Ben Reynolds. Yeah. And the tenacious Tim I Miller. Hello. And thankfully, not Bill Cosby. Uh, Coming up on Hard Reset this week. That can be arranged. I can
7: go get him. He's right outside.
6: Oh, why is Bill Cosby at your house? (laughs) I don't know, man. It's
5: scaring me. He just showed up there after he got out of jail.
7: Yep. (laughs) I'm going. First place he went. I was very scared.
5: (laughs) Do you have the pudding pops?
6: No. Okay. He's not supposed to know about those. (laughs) All right, well, coming up on Hard Reset this week, we're going to be wrapping up our E3 reactions. And uh, depending on time, you know, depending on how quickly we get through that, we might be talking about a couple of Sony acquisitions uh, that have both been confirmed and uh, not confirmed. But before we get to all that...
5: and denied, as you might say.
6: and not denied. Just, oh, we shouldn't have said that kind of thing. Um, but before we get to all that, I want to know what you guys have been playing this week. Ben, tell me what you've been playing. Two K
5: 21. I've, I went back in and decided it's time to win me a championship back to that. Well,
6: oh yeah, I need that. I need to get the, uh, get that chip. You go, you go back to that game periodically throughout the year, don't you?
5: Yeah, well, just yesterday I felt like playing video games and I was about ready to uh, launch into some Far Cry again. And then I was just like, eh, I don't really feel like playing Far Cry. I feel more like playing a sports game. And 2K just happened to be the one that struck my interest.
6: Okay, and do you buy 2 You? Oh, no, you bought 2K on Xbox this year, right? Yeah. Nice i buy it. I buy it on Xbox every year
5: oh, I didn't know I that. bought it on
6: playstations
5: the first huh. couple on the p s uh, system
6: yeah. nice well, and uh how is it? How's it going back to you know what is very familiar territory for you at this point?
5: Oh, it's fun still it's yeah i mean it's just two k it's
6: fun you know it pretty well at this point (laughs) yeah yeah all right well that's that's pretty cool um tim what about you what have you been playing this week um i dove back into
7: saints row the third remastered the best saints row i i 100 agree i haven't gotten that far i've only been playing for a few hours but it's reminded me how good it was did you choose the zombie voice No. No. Why? It's not my character this time. I'm not making a zombie. I'm going to kill zombies eventually once they infect half the town. But, you know.
5: All right. Fair enough. I remember liking two
6: better than that one. I did not get very into that one. That is not a very popular opinion. That's why. Why do you prefer two? do you remember? It was was a while ago.
5: I just remember enjoying it more. I just... I never... I didn't... I remember I started 3, I think, because you suggested it to me, like, a while after it had come out, and I played it for a while and was just like, yeah, this just feels like more of 2, which, like, I don't know that I necessarily wanted, which I just felt like 2 was... Like, I guess 2 still felt a little bit like GTA-ish, which without like while it was still bordering on the absurd it yeah didn't just completely embrace the absurd like the three was the when it went one out really the window like,
6: yeah, yeah two was kind of their last attempt at okay we're gonna be gta on the 360 and the ps3 before gta is on the 360 and the ps3 they they did that with uh with Saints Row One and then they tried to do it again with two, and they like tried to get a little bit wackier with two, but not nearly as much as they leaned into it with three and four. Um, but I so it, it's interesting to me that you prefer those more straightforward ones, Ben, than uh than three and four. Because you're I mean you're so into GTA
5: I guess. I guess that if I want to play a game that's, like, silly like that, I think of, like, uh, what, Dead Rising? Dead Rising, Just Cause. Yeah, well, and Just Cause isn't even really necessarily that silly. Like, the gameplay is just kind of silly. It's not necessarily quite as, like, just purely silly.
6: Um, I mean, Just Cause is more, like, Bollywood silly. Where you're like riding a nuke. Yeah. As the climax. It's not like just. Like Bollywood. I granted I'm not super familiar with Bollywood, but it seems like it's like kind of tongue in cheek, not acknowledging that it's silly. Whereas like.
5: I mean, it's just. It's sort of like an 80s action movie.
6: Yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to describe it. Whereas
5: like. Yeah, like I feel like Saints Row Three is like more like
6: a comedy, like the a
5: Lego Movie, sort of.
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that that's a that's a good way to put it. <laughs> weird, weird movie to compare it to, but I it makes sense somehow. Um, so Tim, how are you liking? Uh, how are you liking Saints Row the Third? The remaster is fantastic.
7: I. I decided to install the other one on Steam. I played it side-by-side side for a minute. And oh my god, I can't believe how bad the original
6: looks. Really? Is that good? So, <laughs> so, are it, where are you playing the remaster? It made
7: that many improvements. Yeah, I'm playing the remaster
6: on Steam. No, but, it came out just a... I don't know. Uh, a couple years ago, but you're playing it on Steam? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Nice. Well... That's uh, that's interesting to hear. I might, I might keep an eye out for that one on sale on Xbox if I can find it. But because I do remember really liking that game, but I just never finished. Wasn't
5: it, it on Pass? Yeah.
6: Oh man, maybe it was. I don't remember because
5: I'm trying to think of. I, I yeah, no, the remaster just, made just made
6: came out in it. May.
7: Like oh, so it's only really? been out for like a month and a half. Yeah, Saints released or, maybe
5: was.
6: original was. But...
7: Yeah, Remastered. Yeah, it only came out about a month and a half ago, at least on Steam.
6: Wow. So. Saints Row. Uh, I'm just going to look it up real quick because I could have sworn. I, I thought it was already out on Switch even.
5: Who knows? Yeah, who knows? Whatever.
6: Probably no um, I Um, The
5: definition was lost years ago.
6: <laughs> so I personally uh, have been playing... I finished Mass Effect three. It was amazing, but I'm not going to spend too so much does time. Does that mean you're done? Uh, so I'm done with the, the with the main trilogy. I'm still going to play Andromeda, but Andromeda is so detached from Mass Effect from the original trilogy that like I'm going to play Ratchet and Clank, and then I'm going to play um, Andromeda. But. And then also, like, I'm not done in the same sense that, like, Tim's not done because we're both going to play Mass Effect 4 when it comes out. But I, uh, so, so I finished Mass Effect 3. I got the blue ending. Not going to, not going to say any more than that because I'm still going to lobby Ben to play those games. But,
5: Pokemon Blue ending?
6: The Pokemon Blue ending. Tim, you'll know. So does that
5: mean you picked Black Boys?
6: Yes. Uh, Tim, you'll know which, which, ending the blue one is but it was uh oh yeah it was incredible i absolutely adored mass effect 3 i thought it was the best one of the trilogy uh and then i moved on to ratchet and clank started ratchet and clank i'm not loving it as much as most people that i've heard talk about it really enjoyed it like tim you you said you finished it in like two days right Yeah, I finished it and 100% completed it within two days. Yeah, see, I'm not, Damn. like, I'm not yeah. that. It, it was a lot of fun. I'm not that addicted to it. Like, it, the, the gameplay is great. But it's, like, I mean, it, it's a great Ratchet & Clank game, which is a great game. But I'm not just absolutely infatuated with it the way so many people are. So I don't know. Maybe it'll make like the more weapons that I open up, the, the better the game gets the better the gameplay gets. So maybe that'll continue. Maybe it'll continue to be a trend, but only time will tell, but we aren't going to waste any more time. Tim, with- how
5: fast do you think you could speed run
6: it? Ooh, that's a good question. How fast can I speed run it? I mean,
7: if I was skipping everything and knowing through the whole game now, I don't know, maybe two, three hours. That's, like, without any glitches or skips. Really? Did,
5: did you know that there's a big, like, speedrunning competition in Minneapolis every summer?
6: Yeah, that's Summer Games Done Quick. Yeah. Oh. He, he was going to go last yeah, year, but I've been COVID. there. I've been
7: there before. And I've been to yeah, AGDQ as well, which has been in Florida recently, which was also awesome.
5: Yeah. All so. right. I, yeah, one of my friends was just telling me about it, and I was like, I bet Tim knows about that.
7: Yep. I know yeah. about it. I've been there. It's fun time <laughs> tim are you are you going this summer? Ah, uh, it's online this summer. They should be uh, starting like in a week or two.
6: Shoot well, if they when they get started and they're streaming, send me a link because I do think that like while that stuff is not my jam to the sense that like to the point that like I will do it myself, I do find it extremely interesting to watch that yep. stuff so. Send me a link when you can. Um, but we are going to move yeah, I will. straight on into our topic of the show, which is wrapping up our E3 reactions. All right. So um, we left off having talked about everything up through Bethesda and Xbox. And that leaves us at Square Enix presents. Um Square Enix presents the kind of the, the heavy hitters guardians of the galaxy. So guardians of the galaxy. It looks a lot like gameplay wise. It looks a lot like Avengers. I don't know Th- this one wasn't thrilling to me. Did you guys yeah. have any like, Oh, Ben, what was that? Uh
5: yeah. It just looks like uh, more press this button at this time.
6: Yeah, QTE stuff. And then yeah, yeah. it's like
5: I mean, it's a little more sophisticated than like old school like movie games, but still basically looks like it's a lot of timing based shit, which. Is not really what I would be looking for in a game that is.
2: That's Guardians of of the
6: Galaxy. Yeah, exactly. Tim, thoughts on Guardians? I really don't have
7: to be honest. It looks meh. Yeah. Like I love the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're like, it's a great, like there were great movies, great comics, but I don't really have a care to play a game about them.
5: Yeah. And some and I of mean, the gameplay looks good, but it doesn't look like it would be fun.
6: Well, I the thing and, and playing Ratchet and Clank this this week has really kind of opened my eyes up on Guardians of the Galaxy because it's like playing Ratchet and Clank. This is what a Guardians of the Galaxy game should be like gameplay wise this is what guardians should feel like and should look like and it's not at all what it, like guardians looks like gameplay wise looks like ratchet and clank from like the ps2 era as far as like like speed and kind of clunkiness and it, it like the locomotion in ratchet and clank is just so excellent and guardians yeah. of the galaxy oh sorry go ahead ben
5: Oh, I was just saying, like, the. I mean, I meant, like, graphically it looks pretty good, Yeah. but, like, it doesn't look like, the controls don't look like it would be fun. It just, like, doesn't, it, right. it's like, it looks, it's a pretty, it would be a pretty game, but not a very pretty, not a pretty fun game.
6: Yeah, it's a good to look at game, but, like, combat-wise, it looks pretty dull. So, um, yeah. Tim, you're I'm going to have I'm going to ask you to carry some weight for me here. Final Fantasy Pixel Remasters. Did you see those? I did. And this is probably the most exciting
7: thing that came out of their uh, entire conference for me.
6: Interesting. Okay, um, tell me why. Just
7: Um, I'm a huge fan of the old ones. Um, my buddies and I have been playing through them again we're just finishing 5 now and we'll be moving on to 6 after. Um but they're just great games seeing them remastered and shown in actually like a good style and helpfully having a decent port with decent translation of most of them is huge. Is because it's been something that it, they've struggled with for 3, 4 and 5 for a while.
6: Yeah, so that's something that actually kind of came to mind for me was like Because this is Final Fantasy 1 through 6 getting a pixel remaster and Final Fantasy 1 through 6 is already on iOS and these games are only coming to PC and mobile. And like you can play most of these games on PC already and you can play all of these games on mobile already. Is there something wrong with the current ports that like these games could improve upon?
7: Um, A lot of the menuing. Is not great. Um, some of the, I wouldn't exactly call it sprite work. I don't even know what you'd call it. The games don't look great. Okay. I don't think the iOS versions give the games that much justice, as they just don't have the right feel to it. At okay. least in my opinion. Um. So hopefully this, uh, this does a better job. And like I mentioned earlier, with like translation and such, like you could go, um, pick up Fran. Like fan translations, like from Five, for example, um, they've changed the character, the main character's name, a couple different times depending on the translation and the version you're playing. Um, okay, because like in one of the original versions, it was his first name was Butts, B U T Z, but then later translations, it's Bart's. So you know, like there's a lot of like little things like that.
6: So like that quality of life and localization or, stuff yeah
5: okay yeah oh, if you want to be more butts
7: <laughs> i'd love butts. to see some more butts what do you got for me ben uh, ben don't show us your butt um
6: <laughs> no so <laughs> no, I, will. I mean that's so that kind of sheds a lot of light on that situation for me because like and that's that's why i was wanting to ask you because it like to me personally i'm like I see these, and I think eh, they're they're already out yeah. on iOS. So, like, why are they doing this? But that makes sense now that knowing that you've played them. So, um, and then also we're gonna come back to Final Fantasy in just a moment. Uh, Avengers is getting a Wakanda expansion. Is that doing anything for you guys? What was that, Ben? tight bro all right um tim is is that like does that incentivize you at all to go pick this game up i just feel like the ship has sailed (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just feel like the ship has sailed on this one (laughs) it's like they just this game uh, it wasn't ready when it was launched it lost like it it lost so much momentum No, it Go ahead, Tim. It
7: crashed and burned it crashed and burned hard when it launched, and I wasn't really into it to begin with. Yeah. And just adding more stuff to a game that's not still not all that great. It just feels like another kind of No Man's Sky esque fiasco, except that the game isn't actually getting better.
6: Yeah, it's it's not getting better. It's just they're just adding more content to it. And it's like it's I think that this game has so many more problems, like everything I've heard about and seen about this game. Granted, I haven't played it myself, but like it, it has foundational problems, not like quantity problems. It has quality problems. And, and no matter mm. how much quantity you add, it's not going to fix the quality. So I just, that I don't think this game is going to make a comeback. I like. I think that they're probably just gonna have to put this one on the ground relatively soon.
5: It's not gonna be a comeback because it never left.
6: That's true. Um, No, I I bet been here for years. I bet they put this project away by the end of the year. Yeah, it'll probably be dependent on Wakanda sales.
7: If it sells well, they'll probably continue with it, but. If not a lot of people buy the DLC, then it's just
6: all right, bye. Down the toilet. Well, it something new. It has or it has like pretty consistently less than five hundred concurrent players on Steam. And it's like, how many people are playing this on console that you guys are continuing to make content for this? I I don't know. Seems odd. Um Okay, so and then back to Final Fantasy, Stranger of Paradise. Tim, again, did you see anything about this? Can you can you do some some you heavy have... lifting for us here?
7: I'm trying to remember what this was—the
6: Dark Souls-esque quality. I'm, quote, I'm right? pretty sure this
5: is the one where you have to sit on your hand. Yeah,
6: and it's then like a... you
5: play the game.
6: Okay, okay, okay. It's like a uh, it's like a <laughs> hack and slash that ties into Final Fantasy one. And... Yeah, it's supposed to take
7: place before the story of Final Fantasy One. It's looks kind of like a Souls S game. I don't know it. It looks interesting, but I think it's too dark and drab. Yeah, for what Final Fantasy is to me. Okay. It, it just I don't know. It feel it feels like they took um, the main characters of fifteen, made them look a little edgier. And it's like, all right, here's a, here's a castle. Go storm it.
6: All right. And and so you're probably not going to pick I, this one. I, I don't know. I, I, I probably will. Yeah, I, <laughs> I probably say, will. You know it, Tim, well. It's yeah, a that... Souls-esque game. I probably will. It's a Souls-esque and it's Final Fantasy. So, like.
7: Yeah. So, yeah, I probably will play it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. At first glance, not a whole lot to be uh, excited
6: about. Ben, are you so stoked for Strangers of Chaos, Stranger of Paradise? I was like, "Wait, what?" Yeah, that's it, a different name than you just said. the ba- the bad guy's name is Chaos, and and they ta- they say Chaos a lot in the trailer. Are you are you so stoked for this one? Is this gonna be the game that gets I, uh... you into Final Fantasy?
5: Yeah, probably, because I do like to sit on my hand before I play video <laughs> games.
6: But but play yeah. video games, right? Is that what you call it now? <laughs> All right. Um, no, I, I, I'm sitting
5: on my hand right now. <laughs> See, I've been sitting on this hand.
6: so it feels like a stranger uh no okay so tim off the cuff what are you more excited for um stranger of paradise or final fantasy 16 uh 16 at this point fair enough
7: do you think i'll
5: make 16 too
7: probably if it's if it does well probably well 15 they'll make a final
5: fantasy 32
6: i mean eventually probably yeah. when we we're like 80 years old 15 did pretty well and they didn't make 15 too 15 did not do very well. Oh, really? I thought it was pretty well received. Yeah, no, 15
7: was did it, it did not do very well. It was universally hated the fact that they like stopped their DLC production only after like 3 of the 5 or 6 planned. Oh, Something wow. along those lines. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but yeah. like God, oh, okay. they
6: abandoned that game so quick. I did not know that. I thought I was under the impression that Fifteen had done pretty moderately, like been pretty moderately successful. And all right, no. wow,
5: for one, not for one of the most successful gaming franchises of all time. Well, yeah, and I not
6: mean, fourteen standards of success. Fourteen is having a pretty huge renaissance right now. And oh yeah. And like thirteen was kind of a disaster, if I'm remembering correctly, is that right, Tim oh you know what ben i'm I'm gonna take uh, that back it wasn't it uh, it
7: sold a lot it wasn't very well received, yeah, in terms of thirteen
6: didn't they make three like thirteen two and thirteen three didn't they make three of those? yeah, they did the wow. third one's actually pretty good. But really the other two kind of can skip yeah so it's 13 and then it's lightning returns and then what's the third one
7: it's 13 it's 13, 13 2 which was about lightning's sister okay and then you had lightning returns which was the third one
6: okay gotcha 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 all right interesting um okay so so you're probably more excited for 16 than you are for stranger of paradise Correct, just at this that. point. All right, cool. All right, well, um, so, Ben, I believe you were doing a letter grading system. Tim, you and I were going out of 10. I'm going to give Square Enix Presents like a... Four. And then I was converting... Into... Yeah, you were converting into letter grades. I'm going to give it like a 4. <laughs> I thought it was not good. That's Tim?
5: That's roughly equivalent to a D. It okay. gets a six no, from that would be a Failing, that would be an F. <laughs>
7: it um... got a
6: six from you, Tim.
7: It gets a six from me. Yeah. Um, like I said, the um one through six yeah. pixel upgrade, like that's huge for me. Like I'm gonna be so excited to play through those games again. Um, yeah. While Stranger of Paradise isn't like super interesting to me, I'm gonna play it. Yeah. So they've
6: got me there. It's not 16, um, but it's still like, yeah, this is a new big Final yeah, Fantasy game.
7: Yep, and then Guardians of the Galaxy, eh. not the worst thing that they've come out with in recent years. So that that's
6: an argument. The only, <laughs> the only
5: game that they could have gotten me excited with would have been like more Hitman stuff. Uh, they're like, not I, doing the Hitman. The thing anymore. is, is I what.
6: They don't do Hitman anymore. Oh, they don't. No. Uh, so they um, they terminated their partnership with IO, and IO went independent. And now IO actually independently develops and publishes. Uh, no, that's not true. Oh, they partnered. IO is independent, but they have been partnering with WB has published um, this happened back after the launch of hitman 2016 Um, after that entire hitman one was out uh, io got dumped and then wb um, there are like separate copies of hitman 2016 like the full season the full experience some copies were published by square and other copies were published by wb uh, And then WB published Hitman 2 and Hitman 3. Oh. But. Fair
5: enough. Well, yeah, then I just don't think there's anything that they could have gotten. So I just, I really, I feel like it's unfair for me to grade them because yeah. they just don't make games that I'm very interested in.
6: Uh, Tomb Raider 4. I think if they had brought Tomb Raider 4, I would have been excited.
7: That would have been nice to see, but yeah, I don't know. Eidos, have they even been doing
6: anything lately? They're doing Guardians.
7: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they don't really have a big enough team to really be working on two projects at
6: once. No, they don't. So, So. all right. Well, um, Ben, I think that that's a reasonable reason to abstain from grading. Uh, All right, and then... Let's see. Capcom, let's just blow right by Capcom. Resident Evil Village DLC, games that already exist. That's whatever. Uh, Nintendo. So Nintendo, uh, Kazuya, Kazuya, Kaja was from Tekken, is being added to Smash. There is one final DLC character left. Uh, how do you guys feel about Kazuya being added to Smash? Not Is a... it one
5: of like the cool animals from Tekken?
1: <laughs> no, no, he's not.
6: Oh.
5: Then that's kind of disappointing. Is it? Does he have like anything cool?
6: Uh he turns into a giant like bat monster.
5: Oh, I remember that, a dude. laser Yeah, that could be kind of cool. Uh, I might, yeah. I might spring for that.
7: I mean, I'd... I'll be playing him. I got the pack already, so I'll give him a shot. I don't can know, you get it? him
5: individually or do you have to buy the whole pack?
7: You can get all of them individually. You don't okay. have to buy it, just the pack.
5: I bought the first pack and was like, oh, wow, there's only like one character in here that I care about at all.
6: <laughs> yeah. Angel.
1: Banjo. Angel's um, good.
6: I, I feel like even with this one, the additional characters, especially in Fighter Pack 2, Have not been as iconic as I would have hoped for. Like Smash, I
5: think that they're just they're they're panning to the Japanese market. It seems like,
7: yeah, it's generally what they've been doing because that's where they're located centrally. So yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I think the bigger news that comes out of this though is that um, showcase that they showed the other day with Sakurai. Um, with the me fighter, um, yes, which knocked out a few characters, knocked out Dante. Um, They showed. Yep. Dante is now a me fighter like costume. He's not going to be in as a character. Uh, same with Lloyd Irving, one that I was kind of hoping for. Um, he's going to be another, just me fighter. Um, there was a couple others, but those are like the two big ones to me. Like, I feel um, like Dante. So
5: what, what, Hold on. Briefly explain that to me. I think I missed that.
7: So they decided to do their, like, showcase of the new character. Um, It was, like, a couple days ago. Rather recent. And they showed off, hey, we've got some uh, new uh, Mii Fighter costumes for you if you want to buy them. And um, both Dante and Lloyd Irving were costumes in that pack that you could buy. Um, And generally, when they do that, that means they're not going to be uh, making that character an actual character. So uh, a lot of so these two characters that a lot of people have been pulling for, um, will and, not be seen as the final character.
5: And like, Dante, oh, I see. Okay. I got confused. I
7: yeah.
6: feel like Dante was like a pretty heavy favorite for the final one. Like, I mean, if you, if you're really yeah. going to narrow um, it down to like both. three, I feel like Dante would have been top three for my predictions. He and Lloyd were both track. towards the top
7: of um Japanese polling um yeah. and recent polling. So it's obviously that they're listening to their fans, they just can't give everything that they want. So yeah. But yeah, overall, interesting character. Don't think uh, I'll be maining it, but I'll
6: give it a try. Fair enough. Bring your switch next month so that we can try it too.
7: I don't go anywhere without it.
6: <laughs> All right, and and then before we move on from Smash, uh Ben, you said that you think it's going to be Shrek. Who who do we think the last fighter is going to be? If it was Shrek, I would be so stoked. That would
7: be pretty great. Um god, I don't even know at this point who I'd want in. Actually, yeah, I do know who I want. Eggman. Give me Eggman. Ah, see. But isn't he uh
6: isn't he a trophy? Is he? I think so. Or wasn't he a boss I'm not in sure. in whatever that like giant campaign was? I don't
4: know. I I don't I don't think so.
6: It's interesting that you would choose Eggman Ben if you I mean video game characters who Who do you think the the final fighter is gonna be
5: well, as we just talked about the Avengers are video games <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's gonna be Iron Man
5: exactly um no, I think it will probably not be anybody from an american developer All right. Yeah, so... no, Patrick. He was just a, he was just a spirit. Oh, you know? okay. And the, like they've used most of their IP already. I'm trying to think if there's something in their IP that has not been used. What about the cloud, dude? Cloud?
6: Oh, Lakitu? The guy who
5: floats on the cloud. And... That's yeah. Lakitu.
6: <laughs> Probably not. Um, sorry to say. I. So if I were going to narrow it down to three of who I think it will be, it would have been Dante, but that's out. Uh, and then Master Chief, I think is still a contender, um, just because of how iconic he is to video games in general. And then potentially Sora. But Sora runs into a bunch of licensing because you would have to have Donald and Goofy in there. And so... Yeah, you... No way. No yeah, way I,
7: deals with Disney. Either,
6: see, too. that's... And that's where I think that they're running into problems with Sora. So I guess I gotta say... I would have said Dante, but I gotta say Master Chief. So hopefully it's Master Chief. All right. Um, I just don't think see it, but maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, uh, coming Um, and then uh, next up we had Mario Party Superstars. What did you guys think of this one? Tim, you look excited. Tell me what you thought. I
2: love Mario Party.
6: I am stoked for this one.
7: It's like five or six maps, I don't remember. Five. One of um five. Okay, from the original three Mario parties, the best three Mario parties, if you ask me, and a hundred mini games, the hundred of the best mini games throughout the entire series. Like I am so stoked for this, especially considering the, like a few of the maps they showed were Peach's birthday cake, one of the best maps from one, um, Space Land from two, and uh, Wispy Woods from three. So like. You've got three of the best maps in the first 60%. three games. I'm, I'm just so excited for this. I, so I'm...
5: one and two were both 64, and three was GameCube, right? Nope, three,
6: three was, was also 64, 64 as well. So it was oh, one was through 64. three were 64. Four through seven were GameCube. Eight and nine were Wii. Ten was Wii U, and then Super Mario Party was Switch. <clears throat> so. I mean, 60% of the maps, but... Mario Party's pretty fun, but... I I agree with you, Ben. I think it's pretty fun. I enjoy it. Um, Ben, like, Tim, I'm assuming you're going to buy this. Absolutely. Just want to have the fucking shake the
5: soda can.
6: (laughs) (laughs) I remember the first time I saw that minigame, I was playing with Eric in my basement at my parents' house and and we get to the shake the soda can one and Eric's like, oh man, I'm going to be so good at this one. And then I just smoked him. Turns out I'm a better masturbator than (laughs) Eric. So, Tim's going to buy it. Tim's super stoked. Ben, how do you feel about about, uh, Mario Party superstars? I tend to buy all of the,
5: like, Mario, oh, shoot, Mario games. games on my Switch. So I'll probably buy it. Like, I haven't bought bought Golf yet, but I'm probably going to. Like, I was watching somebody hit an eagle at, at 3 a.m. on Twitter the other day, and I was like, oh, that looks like fun.
6: <laughs> Just probably fucking stoned out of your mind at 3 a.m. Just watch. Mario Golf. Well, no,
5: they were just commenting on how they had. I was. They were commenting on how
6: they had done it at three AM. I was oh, okay. At 3 a.m. Okay. <laughs> that makes for a less funny story, but still a good story. So, so you're you think you'll probably crack for this one?
5: Yeah, I'm sure I will. Like, they're always fun to play with, like, groups of people. Yeah,
6: that's the thing. And, like, I'm sure that I'll buy this, too. My question is, though, is that, like, $60 and it's a whole different game, whereas, like, Super Mario Party was very thin on content. Like, this could have easily been a $40 DLC for Super Mario Party. And I would have felt so much better about enhancing the game that I've already got and spending more money on the game that I've already got than than spending than buying a whole another game
5: Yeah, but Tim says it's the best it's the best maps so I think there's something to be said for that
7: Yeah I I know Super Mario Party hasn't been super well received. I mean, people have liked it, but they haven't loved it. So I got to give Nintendo props for kind of abandoning it and like, hey, let's try this again. Let's try and get that old Mario Party feel. Figure out what it was that fans actually loved about these games so that the next time we make one, we can do it justice. Then
5: Well, that I feel like some of some of there was a little bit too much randomness in some of the mini-games, even.
6: In, in, in Super Mario,
5: Mario Party. Party? Yeah.
7: Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that.
5: No, the, I... And so it was almost just like... Yeah. I, it, like it, Well, it... and then, like, Jill just learned how to benefit from the randomness, and so Jill <laughs> just won all of them, basically, because <laughs> Jill would just play them.
6: Yeah. Yeah, solo. and... Yeah, she would just sit there and play Mario Party solo, and that's just retarded. But, like I, like, I don't know. I feel like I feel a little bit burned because I had, like, because, granted, it was gifted to me, but it's like Mario Party, it was $60, right? Super Mario Party was. And the entire time I have felt like this, like, the content that is there is good but it's not $60 good. And I like, if they had let me do, like if they had sold this to sold all of this content to me for this, like uh, Mario party superstars, like for like 30 or $40 for DLC, which by the way, it's all running in the super Mario party engine. Had they sold it to me for like 30 or $40 as DLC, then yeah. suddenly I would have felt like, like super Mario party was a very quality package. For $100 or for like $80, $90. I would have felt like that's a really high quality package, but. Yeah, but, yeah, but
5: like then all the, what the, What about all the people who didn't buy Super Mario Party
6: and then they have to drop a hundred bucks? Yeah, I guess that's a good point. God, I, I see. And, and that kind of addresses the, the thing that I was getting to is like Mario Party It really needs to just be a platform that they add to periodically so that, like, you know, you can buy in at any point you want and you can buy the base stuff and then you can buy like, oh, I want to buy the, you know, Mario Party one through three pack. I can I want to buy the Mario Party, you know, four through seven pack. And but like. Mario Party just it, it needs to be Mario Party Ultimate in the same way that Smash is Smash Ultimate and just include everything or at least work up to including everything. Because as it is, like selling me five boards and 100 minigames for 60 bucks, I just feel ripped off. And I feel like they can get away with this one more time. But if they try and do this again in a few years, I'm going to say right now that I'm not going to buy it, but I'm sure I will. But like, I'm not going to be happy about it. Unless, unless Mario Party Superstars really kicks ass, which according to Tim, it's going to. So I, I expect it to. I'm, I mean, and like, don't get me wrong. I'm always excited for more Mario Party. Mario Party is just stupid fun, but I'm just a little bit, I'm so I'm sure insane. that one
5: of the mini-games will be the one where you roll around the snowball on the top of the mountain, right? That'll probably... Correct. Be
7: I think they actually showed that in the uh, the trailer. That's even. like
5: one of the funnest mini-games that I ever
6: remember playing. And they'll probably do the skateboarding one, yeah, too. That... Oh,
7: yeah. I find it hard to imagine that that one will be left out. Honestly, I would be very surprised if... Um, most of the mini games aren't the mini games from the Mario 100 Super Mario Party 100 that they did on the 3DS a while back.
6: Yeah, which is like they've just like they've already done this. It, they just they're just doing it right and taking more of our money. Granted, I didn't buy the Mario Party Top 100 when when it was on 3DS, but like I don't know. It it just feels and and I'm really typically not one to say this, but it just feels very. Uh, it just feels like they're nickel and diming me with Mario Party. But but the thing is, is Mario Party is so fun when you have four people or more that, like, they can nickel and dime me and I'm going to pay $60 for five boards.
5: Well, so. that's the thing is, like, four people have fun for one night for $60. That's less. That's like basically the, how much four people it would cost to take four people to the movies.
6: Yeah, but I'm the one paying for it. That's uh, that's. I mean, that's a good point, Ben. That's a very good way to break it down. Is like four people have fun for one night. It's the movies. Four people have fun for two nights. It's gravy, right? Like suddenly you're at 7.50 yeah. per person per night. That's a pretty good deal, I guess. Gravy. That's no that is a really good way to think Damn it, about it. And now I'm hungry. How, how did you mention gravy? Yeah, go get some mashed potatoes and gravy. Talk to Chris. He made them for Jillian when she was drunk and she never forgot it. Uh all right, WarioWare, get it together. Um anyone have any strong feelings about WarioWare?
2: I played it. I remember I like the
6: one it. on GameCube was fun. I I mean like full disclosure i've never played a uh, WarioWare war game so i might i might play this one the the one on 3ds the last they're one they're all
4: just all gimmicky minigames.
6: yeah the last one on 3ds looked really funny just with like the way wario would draw himself versus like the way wario drew everyone else was just really funny and so so they look more like like <clears throat> really what i i i think that i'll probably get this but It looks like if I do, I'll be getting it for the laughs, but instead of like the silly mini games, um, Ben, are you at all intrigued by this one enough to buy it?
5: Uh, I honestly did not watch anything about it, but it, I mean, maybe there that's like the game I've. They're always they've always been fun games to just play. It's another game that's fun to play in a group.
6: Yeah. Fair enough. Definitely. Um <clears throat> uh, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater smooth
7: moves with me at the end of <laughs>
6: Yeah. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 and 2. Um we just we already had a trailer and and a release date for this, but they just reiterated coming to switch on 625. It's out I have it. It's awesome. It plays, it's such a good port. So if you guys are looking for like looking into getting that game and you want it portably, it's, it's like switch ports have kind of been one of two things. They've either been like basically the exact game, just low res, bad textures, basically worse graphics, or Worst graphics and they run like dog shit. Um, this is the former, which is awesome because like, Pro Skater is definitely a game that requires the frame rate to be pretty steadily and to be like pretty steady and and uh, and consistent and and it's it's a great port. I can't recommend it enough. Uh, I know that I'm probably the one that's far and away the most into Tony Hawk, so we will just move right on to uh, to and- Tim.
5: Can you put on the infinite balance, the unlimited
6: balance, or the perfect balance? Yes, you can. Nice. So, uh, Ben, you didn't buy it. You didn't end up buying it on Xbox, did you? No, I haven't bought it on anything. Same.
7: I haven't picked it up either.
6: Are you guys? Do you guys have any interest at all?
7: I mean, if I, I want to play it, now. I, I have it on PlayStation. I can just go over to my shelf and play it. (laughs) Not one of those games that like ever wrong true with me. So,
6: yeah. Um, Ben, what were you saying about switch? I might get it on switch. It plays really, really well. It's, it's like surprisingly good. So, all right, then, uh, then Tim blew his load because now we're getting to Metroid Dread. (laughs) All right, Tim, take it away. Tell us how you feel about this game.
7: Yeah, that's not an understatement. I pretty much just my pants when I saw this. This was (laughs) absolutely like, all right, it's not Metroid Prime 4 that I'm looking for, but this is just as good, if not
6: better. Really?
7: Because it's actually going to be playable this year.
6: Yeah, it's not just. I'm a not logo. gonna have
7: to wait any longer for another Metroid game.
6: Do you prefer? And it's two. It's by the same.
7: Um, personally, my favorite is Super Metroid, so I do prefer the two D. But the Prime games are phenomenal. Like I love playing through one and two. is kind of meh, but you know. Um, I'm super excited for this. It's supposed to be kind of a continuation or prequel diffusion I don't remember what they said about it
6: it's the end this is this is metroid 5 it is okay. it is the so, the, end yep. the end of samus's story yep. which yep. is kind of crazy too
7: i me. yeah
6: it's the end of the side scroller story uh so metroid Suppose. prime takes place between is it between metroid and metroid 2 or is it between 2 and super But all Metroid Prime 1, 2, and 3 all take place between two of the earlier games. Um, And then this one, Metroid Dread, is the end of, like... And they they announced Metroid Dread back in, like, 2003 or something like that. So, like, they announced this game a long time ago. And... um, and and they, they even said when they announced it, like, this will be the end of Samus's story. And they even, like, reiterated that in the, in the Nintendo Treehouse um, after the Direct. That, like, they're still planning on this being the end of the story between Samus and the Metroids. So, like, I think that that kind of leaves the door open to maybe they'll make more games with Samus, just not with Metroids. But I I I think that this will be a very interesting thing because basically, as far as like Nintendo franchises go, the big three are Mario, Zelda, and Metroid. And it'll be interesting because they're never going to end Mario because Mario isn't really a story. But I do think that this will be a, give us a pretty good idea or be a pretty good indication of, of to People, what's that? Oh, never mind okay I I think that this will be a pretty good indication of like they're gonna end Zelda eventually and like this will give us an idea of how they might go about doing that so uh then I mean it, there's still plenty of time that they can make
7: other games in between Adventure right one and dread
6: well I mean they already have like prime timeline.
7: Timeline stuff aside, I am super excited about the uh, feel of this game. I like that they're going for more of a horror motif, like what they did with Fusion. Um, like, it, it just reminded me so much, AX chasing you through the station. Um, and I, I'm really excited that we're going to be seeing more of that. Um, the only thing I'm not super keen on... Is that they're bringing back the melee counter? I was going from to ask you Samus about that. Returns, because I know that, that a lot of people they, um, disliked that. That was. I didn't care for it. I thought it was fine for a one off. I'm not sure if I like the idea of carrying it forward. Um, but who knows? Maybe it'll grow on me again this time. Maybe they'll make it a little bit more precise. Because um, it's the same studio that did the uh, *Samus Returns*, remake, right? So,
6: yeah, and that that seems to have kind of been a test bed for them of like, we're gonna we're gonna see if you can do it with a remake, and if you can, guess who gets to finally make *Metro Dread*? Um, and so, yep. I think that with the larger analog stick, I think that controls in Metroid Dread will be significantly better than Samus returns. Um, I, I don't know. I, every time I play a Metroid game, I think eh, I don't really like Metroid, but then a new one comes out and I think maybe I'll like it this time. So I'm probably going to play this, but, who knows i might not i i don't know i'm probably gonna play it the day it comes out fuck me um ben any any interest in metroid dread yeah you you will yeah
5: (laughs) probably Uh, not hmm? but
6: maybe all right um and then they closed the show with more information on the legend of zelda the sequel to breath of the wild uh they said that they will not tell us the name because the name will reveal too much about the plot of the game which i think it's like okay then what when are you going to announce the game because if it's going to spoil the story the fall of hyrule <laughs> I mean, if it's going to spoil the story, I'm yeah. like, no, are you going to you know, change the title a little bit? Yeah, exactly. It's like, you're going to have to announce the title before the game comes out. And so whether it's now or in six months, you got to announce it. And so like. Or, uh, yeah. Zelda, this is the one where Zelda dies. <laughs> that would be a good title. You should work for Nintendo. Um, They said that they're aiming for a 2022 release (laughs) Which to me just Screams spring 2023 They don't need To tell us Considering we haven't
5: 2022 That's a long time
6: Yeah It's true Tim what were you going to say Considering we
7: really haven't seen a whole lot of the game. We haven't seen gameplay demos. We've only seen a couple trailers. Um 2023 is possible. I think end of 2022. Um like holiday, that might be what they're trying to slot in there. Yeah. Um but until we get a release date, until we see the title, I can't really say much more on that. But I will say that the trailer did look really cool. Uh, some of Link's new powers looked awesome. He's freaking yeah. Ash Williams now from Evil Dead Two because he's got his robotic. <laughs> he's got arm. that
6: arm, yeah, yeah. No, um, the floating islands looks cool. I mean, the floating islands I think is going to be yeah. the change of like to the map that I was really hoping we would get because I was so worried that it was just going to be the same map again. Yeah.
7: That was a lot of my concern, and I hope they kind of go back to more of a dungeon system versus same. what we had with the... Uh, I still
6: want um, shrines, but... Shrine yeah. Oh, yeah, same.
7: But like, I want to be immersed in a dungeon for like three or four hours as I'm Yeah. Like solving puzzles. If it's not
5: dungeons, like... I'm probably not going to play it.
6: Yeah, you weren't ever real hot on Breath of the Wild 1. Correct. So, I mean, I'm definitely gonna play it. I, it's just a matter of like, I like I didn't love Breath of the Wild. Um, I know that that's kind of heresy, but like, you just dying, But you have cooled
5: since. I feel like initially when it came out, you were pretty into it.
6: Um, no, I mean, I enjoyed it. I put about 160 hours into it, but like. I I always I've always had problems with it and even even when I was like at the peak of my enjoyment with it I still would have told you you know I still like Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, Wind Waker, Twilight Princess I still like all of those games better than Breath of the Wild and now I would even include like yeah. um what's that I knew that. Yeah. Yeah. And and I mean, now I would even put like Minish Cap, uh, Link's Awakening, Link Between Worlds, Link to the Past. Like all of those games go on that list ahead of Breath of the Wild. So I, I don't know. I guess I'm just not as excited for this game as most people, even though I'm very excited for this game because it's, I mean, Zelda is my favorite series. So we'll just... I, I, I think the fact that they say we're aiming for a 2022 release to me, that just, I feel like they're aiming for it, but what they're going to hit is 2023. All right. Well, um, it's very possible. Yeah. So out of 10, I'm going to give Nintendo a seven. I thought Nintendo did pretty well. Tim,
7: uh, they get about an eight from me. Okay. Um, while we did talk about a lot of the stuff that I was interested in, there was still a lot of stuff in there that wasn't exactly for me. Yeah. Like Shin Megami Tensei Five, I might play, but not super stoked on it. Advance Wars, people tell me it's a great series. Nothing I've ever played, probably nothing I ever will play. It's not my style of game. Um, and yeah, there were just a few other things in there that were just like. All right, cool Nintendo, good for you, but you're not helping me any
6: uh yeah, I mean there was there was something for everyone in there, which kind of leads to not a not a whole lot for anyone, and so like instead of getting like a forty five minute balls to the wall, like oh my God, this is amazing conference, it was like. There are a few things I'm pretty into in this, and one of them was the trailer for Tony Hawk's Pro Skater that's out in a few days, and I've already, I've already played, I've already seen the trailer, I've already, you know, like, it's, I, so I, actually, Tim, you're kind of talking me down. I think I'm going to give him a six. Ben, can you convert a six into grades for me?
5: That would be a
6: D. All a right. D plus, probably. D plus. Okay, so I'll give him a D plus. Ben, what about you? What, what are you going to give Nintendo?
5: Yeah, I mean, I would say that they are not failing, but they're not excelling. Yeah. So D seems pretty reasonable.
6: All right. Fair enough. All right. Well, we are gonna we're gonna cover the um, Sony topics next week because we're about out of time. But we're gonna real quick. Well, and gonna... they weren't technically at E three, right? We're gonna what? They weren't technically at E three, right? No, they weren't. But they had some acquisitions that kind of raised some eyebrows this week. So, uh, but we'll we'll discuss yeah. those next week. Um, but before we go, we're going to do the weekly trivia challenge. All right. This week's trivia challenge. Uh, in the early days of the franchise, Insomniac used sexual innuendos for the subtitles of their Ratchet, uh, Ratchet and Clank games. Which of these was not a Ratchet and Clank subtitle? Was it a going commando b size matters c quest for booty or d coming together ben i'm going to call on you first
5: uh quest for booty
6: all right quest for booty final answer yeah tim What were B and D again? B was Size Matters, and D was Coming Together.
7: I want to say Coming Together, but I'm not 100% sure about that.
6: But I'll lock it in. Lock it in at at D, Coming Together? All right, well, Tim, good job you're getting a point, because I thought Coming Together would sound like a multiplayer game that is also, you know, you're coming together. Um, so I made that one up. Uh the Going Commando, Size Matters, and Quest for Booty were all actual Ratchet and Clank games. Uh Size Matters was a PSP game, so they were playing on that, the whole, you know, portable aspect of it. Going Commando was their second game, and then Quest for Booty was part of the Ratchet and Clank future subseries. So, that's all we've got for you guys tonight. Uh, If you liked what what you heard, make sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and review on whatever podcast platform you found us on. Uh, You can see everything we do all in one spot over at coldnorthpro.com. We'll be back next week talking about whatever happens within the next seven days. So, until then, reset.
2: download episodes of previous shows.